Welcome to Job Seekers Radio. I'm Andrew. And I'm Scott. This production is meant to provide you meaningful support to find great careers faster. Whether you're working or not. Today's episode, we're talking about the secret to advocating for your own satisfaction. And this episode is brought to you by The Anatomy of a Networking Conversation. It's an ebook that Scott and I have put together that walks you through step by step, along with companion audio, which is wonderful, by the way. We think so. And that's a free resource for you to download at jobseekersradio.com. It's a free gift for you. We want to talk about advocating for our own satisfaction because so often we send out lots of applications, we have some interviews, and we're always trying to fit into what the company wants or what the interviewer wants. It's natural, right? We want to put our best foot forward. We want to make sure we're we're demonstrating to them we're being considerate. There is a difference between changing how I appear and using their language. And so that's what we want to talk about today is how does how, how do we avoid changing who we are or appearing to change who we are just to succeed at an interview? Well, it requires a lot of preparation. It sure does. Okay. But if we look at how you're preparing now, That requires a lot of preparation. Of course. Because as they say, it always takes a lot more energy to remember a lie because you have to perpetuate the lie. It's much easier to remember truth because truth is the truth. Well, It stands on its own. And you think about it. If you're sending out a lot of applications and you're tailoring every single bit of the language to that, are you going to remember when they actually get back to you two weeks later? Yeah. Which one did they send out? Oh, my gosh. Which, Which... version of this language am I supposed to use now? We want to help you avoid that problem and instead to really advocate for your own satisfaction on the job, satisfaction within the interview. You know what you want. You know what you like, hopefully. And if not, that's where your preparation is going to start. You know the kind of environment you want to be working in, what your values are. And again, if not, find that out. You should be looking for someone who meets your needs, not just the other way around. And you should know what feels like you and what doesn't. So if you're using the right keywords to get through an automated system, by all means, go for it. Don't change who you are. Don't change your language to the extent that you you're changing everything about your presentation just to meet somebody else's expectations. Be authentic. Who do you become when each time you change that message to align with the job? It's almost like you're a chameleon. I've seen this have very negative repercussions. Sure. Psychologically, we have identity confusion. Well, not only that, but then you start to question when you see someone who, and as we say, they interviewed well. So they were able to adapt to the interview. But then once they're on the job for a while, their true colors show. And that's true for all of us. And so when they see that the person who shows up for work six months later isn't the person who had interviewed, now we're wondering what's going on. And that sets you up for failure uh, on, on some level. Instead, what we're talking about here is when you try to be all things to all people, you probably won't be very good for any of them. And instead, what we're looking for when when we are interviewing candidates, we're looking for the person who is the right fit, but for whom we will also be a good fit. And if you're really changing 
what you look like the way a chameleon would to meet all of the criteria of your environment, you're not actually helping me as a recruiter to determine whether or not you're the right candidate and whether or not we're the right company for you. And that should come out in a dialogue. Even worse, if you're applying huh. over and over again to the same company, yeah. oh, and yeah. each time you're changing who you are, and each time it's going to the same recruiter, it's not doing you any justice. Right. And Definitely then you, you feel worse. Why? Well, because they're now rejecting the crappy you, right? Yeah. You didn't even put the good you out there. <laughs> That's and, and now they're rejecting the crappy you. And how does that make you feel? Instead, what helps you is for them to know how interested you are in working for them. That's something else you need to prepare for and to communicate at some point. I, I know when I have seen s someone apply to my company repeatedly and I get the message, okay, this person wants to work here. Now I'm going to read the cover letter. If I hadn't before, I will now. Why do you want to work here? That becomes a critical piece of information for that cover letter. If there's a way to say it in the application, so much the better. Here's an opportunity for me to actually see this same person showing up every time, maybe tweaking a word here or there to understand, showing their understanding of the, the needs for this role, that actually would intrigue me. Now, again, this is assuming it gets past the automated system. But even so, I want to know why. And so if I see that this person shows up completely differently in the three or four submissions they've made, I don't know which one is real. Well, and it's like somebody saying, okay, I'm going to apply for this accounting job and this sales job and this completely An administrative assistant. Yeah, it's like, oh my gosh. Are you qualified for any of them? I, I don't know. Right. I'm now confused and frustrated with right. you as a candidate because I don't know where you fit. As we go through this, if I know what I want from my job, I know what my skill set is and how, how my skills can transfer to this company, how I would make them available to them and use them on the job. And I stick to that and I defend myself, so to speak, not meaning I get defensive, but that I'm advocating Stand for up. my value. Yes. Yeah. Now they're getting a consistent message regardless of the positions I'm applying for. And they can have an idea of what to expect when they call me in. And then when you interview, guess what? It's coming from your heart, right? Right? Because that's who you are. It matters to you. Stick to your guns, right? Be who you are, not what others want you to be. Brings up the question, how do I know if I'm doing it well? Well, you feel it. Yeah, it, it feels different. And, and, and you, Andrew, have made the comment several times over the course of, of these podcasts about your personal brand. When you are promoting your personal brand, the value you bring to your work and to your employer, it has a different feel. You feel it. They feel it. And that's when things start to click. And don't think you're wrong if you don't have that yet. It just means you haven't got it down yet. You know, and that's Practice okay. Practice makes perfect. Do some discovery. Yeah. Uh, ask yourself some questions. When do I feel most fulfilled? Yada, yada, yada. We have a bunch of episodes on this. I'm sure you could go find them on branding yes. that we've done uh, and how to identify those things. The most important part of this concept though is when you feel your brand and you're talking about it with enthusiasm and passion and confidence, that shines through. Now, that doesn't guarantee you'll get the job, but it does mean that you're having that sincere moment. You're advocating for what you're looking for, and you are far more likely to land the job that will bring you satisfaction by being that good at communicating it. When you get to the interview, step into the shoes of the hiring team. Let's say they're going to interview six 
candidates. How many of those candidates do you think are trying to fit every single box on that requisition like they're an auditor that's a strategy it sure okay. is of course what happens when you do exactly the same thing well i'm gonna do it better okay let's hope so <laughs> but to me i'm thinking you're probably gonna sound like all the others we're gonna sound like parrots i'm pleased to know that you have read the job description yeah. and have internalized <laughs> that but what do you bring to the table you're leaving that question. Well, let me go through my laundry list of every, you know, do you have 15 <laughs> right. minutes? I'm going to tell you how I fit every single piece of this job. Yeah. Of, of those 15 things, what really motivates you? What gets you fired up? All of it. Really? Right. See, you see how that's a challenge? Yeah. That you're, you're now vulnerable because now each of those six candidates is selling the same right. story. And you won't stand out. You'll look exactly like a fool. Well, maybe not a fool. You may be really skilled at it, but still, it's the idea of know your brand, be able to promote your brand, to stick to that, and to be enthusiastic about it because that enthusiasm is contagious. And that can work for you on the job too. So this isn't just a conversation for the job seeker. Great point. Okay. Yeah. Even though this Great is point. job seekers radio, once you're on the job and you might be listening to this because you're dissatisfied with the job you have. Sure. And this is a way for you to say, well, wait a minute. I do have value. I do have strengths. I do have these things. Indeed. And you know what? I need to have a conversation with my leadership, whatever that looks like, even if they're impotent, that this is the stuff I want to do. Sure. And what's really interesting is to watch that leader, how they respond. Because if they're truly interested and, and do everything they can to help you, that's where the loyalty really starts, right? But if they keep telling you, no, that's not going to work because, and you can't get past that, it may be that there's somebody else in your organization or somewhere else that you need to be talking to because it's possible that your leader is not going to be able to help you. That doesn't mean that your leader doesn't like you or doesn't care or doesn't see your value. It simply means that that is not the person that's going to help you move forward. Don't waste your time with that person. Start networking within your organization to see where else you might be able to have that satisfaction and talk to those leaders who could bring you into it or look outside your organization to find the company that is going to value you. When, when we think about advocating advocating for our own satisfaction too often, we are afraid to do that because of what we think we're going to lose. When in fact, by getting something we don't like, we lose a lot more. This is the litmus test actually for good leadership. And what that means is if you share something like that with a good leader, they're going to be so happy that you shared that with them because they can't read your mind. They think you're completely satisfied unless they hear otherwise. And or worse, they see your productivity or, or quality go down because now you're entering more dangerous territory. By giving them this information about what you're passionate about, what you really want to be doing, they can help you figure out your roadmap to your satisfaction, to your success. Without that, they can't help you. If they refuse to help you, for whatever reason, and, and we're not making a judgment, if they refuse to help you, then that's your cue that you need to take that conversation elsewhere. Be confident in doing that. Let's do a little what if. What if you advocated for this thing that you love doing and they say, wow, this is great. We need more of that. Well, you might get that job. Okay. And if you're working there, you might get more of that work. What if... You stick to your guns in the interview, and that's exactly what they need. Don't be afraid to succeed, <laughs> right? Because that's what's going to happen, yeah. is that you're going to demonstrate, number one, you have energy, you have enthusiasm, you're standing up for something that matters to you. And it matters to them. Wow. Wow, that's interesting. 
It's an overlap. This is why networking is so valuable too, by the way, is you get to identify those things in advance, maybe even create a position for yourself. Okay? We love that. Highly valuable. So the secret for advocating for your own satisfaction starts with knowing what satisfies you. Too often, we both talk to people who really haven't done that kind of internal work. They haven't really figured out what the key factors are, what the foundations of satisfaction are for them. It's usually something that's sort of unformed that, oh, well, you know, I want to help people and I want to help my company be successful and I don't want to work tons of overtime or maybe I do, but it ends up being vague. What is it about those things that actually keeps you satisfied? Knowing that gives you your talking points. That only happens through experience and a little bit of self-awareness. Absolutely. Okay? And so reflection. If you haven't, exactly. If you have enough experience, you've done things you didn't like, you've done things you probably have liked, and you've had jobs that, that were good, and you've had ones not so good. And it's looking at all of those experiences right. as unique. And even though you may have had a job that was 80% crap, there was still 20% there that was good. Right. What was that? What was it? Document and, and that. how did it and satisfy? And how did it come across? Yeah. yeah. And how did it satisfy you? That's a difficult thing to do if you're working right now and everything is coming down on top of you. And sure. You don't like anything you're doing and you have an impotent leader or a jerk for yeah. a boss or, or whatever. We have that place. Okay. I, I can't seem to get ahead there at the job. 80% of what I do, I'm not enjoying who can you talk to about the 20% you do enjoy? So you can start writing down or noting, whether in your head or on paper, you, you take note of what it is that satisfies you, why it satisfies you, how it does. So that those are the things that you're talking about when you're networking within your organization or when you're networking to get into an organization. Because that 20% is what you want to focus on. That's even at team meetings or presentations. Sure. Or, you know, a training. Isn't that part of the 80-20 theory? Right? Well, yeah, of course. Well, the people are here in front of you. You may not be networking with them, but you're you're having a team meeting about what? about a project you're working on. And so there's nothing that says you can't advocate for the type of stuff you want to do in that project. Absolutely. That you want to volunteer for, that you want to right. jump right in and grab for yourself. Not that you want to be selfish, but you want to advocate for those sure. things. Sure. And an easy way to, to put that out is, hey, this is my experience. I really enjoy doing that. How can I help you with this project? Or is there something I can do to support you in these efforts? And generally speaking, they will see your willingness to support and help, not necessarily that you're trying to go after the things you enjoy. And this might be a team or a group or a project where you're you're cross-functional now and you didn't know these people before and you're presenting yourself to them right. and all of a sudden I've captured some of their mind space, if you will, yeah. and they're now associating me with this thing that I enjoy. And then now they're thinking maybe of other people in the organization that need that. And, and when they Great run point. across that, you know, so we're planting seeds, yeah. always planting seeds. This is how you become a champion for yourself and for your own abilities. And it's not because you're self-absorbed and you're trying to step on people to get into a higher position. It's that you're advocating for the things that really bring you satisfaction in the workplace, in your work. And it's not just a job. 
It's what you're bringing. We will encourage you to push for what brings you that satisfaction at work, to talk about those things in ways that that motivate others to mm. think of you in that term, and you will probably be feeling better about the, the, the job that you get. And as soon as you get all of those ideas put together, you now have a brand. And how beautiful is that, that you have a brand that's around the things you love to do? You can start displaying that brand in a lot of different places. And if you're at a corporate place, the first place I'd look is the signature block on my email, right? Let's put a little thing there. It says, hey, you know, I love doing X. Okay. But let's say your signature, you you have to follow a certain format for the signature. If you're fortunate, your company will allow a certain amount of personalization based on either the department that you're in or the work that you're doing. For example, I am able to show that I am certified in ProSci change management methodology as well as DISC certified trainer. And so these are things that can help me to sort of bring attention to the fact that these are tasks or, or duties that I really enjoy doing. There's always space on an email, we sure even so. even even above the uh, the corporate logo. That's right. That's right. That's <laughs> a salutation thing that we've or seen. something. Yep. Uh, uh, yeah. I love doing this work. Thank you for for talking to me sincerely. Right. Your 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 corporate trainer with X par excellence. Voila. <laughs> Thank you for joining us today. You can find all the show notes and resources at jobseekersradio.com forward slash zero six. Remember that you have a free resource there at jobseekersradio.com. It's called The Anatomy of a Networking Conversation. It's an ebook that you can download right from our site. And it has companion audio with it. So if you're somebody who likes multimedia, diverse learning, blended learning, I don't know what they call it. Well, if you're listening to a podcast, you probably like to hear us. Yes. So hopefully, (laughs) we hope so. There is companion audio with that. So I want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Your investment of time and attention is really appreciated. Whoever thought that people would actually listen to us, Scott? I know. We were doing this just out of a labor of love. And we we keep hearing from many of you. We appreciate you being here. Uh, We do, for those of you who may be new to our podcast, we want to uh, suggest that you head over to iTunes and subscribe to get future episodes. And while you're there, please give us a rate and review so we get your feedback because we find that really helpful. And we're super easy to get a hold of on social channels, on the website, even on iTunes. Absolutely. So whatever you put up there, we'll make sure that we get back to you. I'm Scott. And I'm Andrew. And in the words of Joe Namath, when you have confidence, you can have a lot of fun. And when you have fun, you can do amazing things. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye.